Bid Clips presents Today in Trades, all things sales, technology, and success for entrepreneurs in the home and business service industry. I'm your host, Jim Evans. All right, welcome back to another episode of Today in Trades, brought to you by Bid Clips. I'm here with the wonderful Mickey Cords, and we have an awesome guest on later today. But before we introduce him, um, Mickey, how's your week going? How's your pandemia? Um, it's good. The kids are still home from school, um, so I'm still homeschooling, and um, it's good. I just listened earlier to the live um, press release from the governor talking about when everything might open back up, so um, hopefully we'll get back to normal soon. But What you're saying is hopefully the government opens back up before you lose one of your children. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or I'll have to send them off to my dad's house. Yes, that would that wouldn't be bad either. Um, but you know, yeah, they're gonna, they're gonna look back. They'll be thankful for this time. I think you will be too. It's a short amount of time, and you know, apparently your your kids only get better as they get older. So we'll, uh, yeah. we'll ask the guests later about that. But um, <laughs> yeah, things are things are good here. It's nice to be able to see activity happening. Um, uh, what a week we've had users who have been listening to our episodes and then commenting, which is fantastic. Um, you know, our whole goal of this podcast is that you take things from this, apply it in your business, use it to build your business, not just build it bigger, but build it better. So we hope that you take these concepts, these guests, these topics, and that you take them back to your business. Um, or if you're driving in a van right now and just listening in and you're on the freeway, that you take some of this stuff, apply it to your own life, to your own work. Um, because the only way we get through a pandemic, the only way we move forward America was built on the backs of service workers, so we need to improve. We need to have better quality, uh, better relationships, better customer service, just better service business. Um, it's something that we can't outsource. It's something that uh, isn't going to be automated anytime soon, so it's a great career. This is a great trade, um, and uh, this is a great show. So thank you, Mickey. We're going to uh, introduce the guest. Um, I'm going to let you introduce the guest uh, because I'm going to have a lot of questions for him throughout the course of this podcast. Yeah, today we get to interview my dad, which I'm really excited about. I've been excited about for the last week. As soon as um, we came up with the idea to, uh, to invite him to the podcast, I was really excited. Um, for all of you listening, you can't see my dad, but he is um, very, very handsome and uh, he looks pretty tough. I mean, he's like, you know, rode a Harley my whole life and got tattoos all over, but he is also sitting in his chair with a tiny, tiny little dog that goes with him everywhere. Um, my sister texted me a picture yesterday um, that my dad had sent her and he's riding his bicycle with like this sling over bag with his little tiny dog in it. <laughs> so it's pretty cute. That is awesome. Welcome to the show, Mick. Uh, Mick Rodriguez, uh, where, where, are you, uh, where are you calling in from today? Uh, Spirit Lake, Idaho. All right, Spirit Lake. That's kind of near, near our neck of the woods. And yeah. uh, do you work out of Spirit Lake? Where do you, work, where do you primarily yeah. work in? Oh, in Seattle. Wonderful. Yeah. Um, so to give you guys some background, Mick is a, um, is a career plumber. The theme for this show today is why the hell would you want to be a plumber? Why is it uh, beneficial? And if you are young listening to this, why you should definitely became, become a plumber or join some sort of trade. So what we're gonna outline is we're gonna talk about Mick, his background, his career, a few of the pros and cons he's seen, 
Um, he's been doing it a long time. From what I've heard stories from Mickey, it's just a, a cool journey to hear. And we're really excited to, to, to just get some of his wisdom um, from his years in the, in the business. Then we're gonna talk about um, the, the industry as a whole, especially in the times we're in now. And then we're gonna talk about, as an employer, what it takes to find mix out there and get them into your company. Um, and for those of you looking for a new career, or you're graduating high school or, or dropping out of high school, we don't care why this career is something to look at and why it's important. So if you want to skip forward to different parts of the episode, there's the outline, but hopefully you can buckle in here with us because we have a real treat in a seasoned uh, uh, plumber. So Mick, give us some background. How the, how the heck did you get into this industry and, and why did you stay? Um, <clears throat> well, I was working in a sawmill when I was younger and uh, every, every week, we were having a meeting because the environmentalists were wanting to shut down this forest or shut down the yak forest. So all the mills were kind of iffy at the time. And uh, some of the older guys in the mill were saying, Mick, you're a young guy. You need to get out of here and go learn a trade. You know, they, they said, I'm 60. And if the mill shuts down, you know, I'll be at the next mill down the road competing for, for a job with 18 year olds that are way stronger. You know, and they said, I, I've been here all my life and I can't even change a spark plug. You know, all I can do is flip boards. Wow. That's and, powerful. That's powerful. Yeah, and, cool. uh, and how did you, how did you take that? So you, you were how old at the time? You were 18? I was, uh, 23, I think. Okay. And, um, uh, you know, it was, it just made sense. Um, uh, there was another guy who had just left a few months prior. He, uh, became an electrician, joined the union and, um, and I thought, you know, I, I was going to go that way, but I thought, man, I, you know, I talked to him and he says, man, there's a lot of math involved. I, I'm not very good at math. I better do plumbing, but plumbing's just as much math, you know, but I didn't realize that at the time. Um, but, you know, and I talked to that guy some too, and he says, well, Mick, you know, you, you just got to look at your future. He goes, we're making $12 an hour at the mill. He goes, and I'm starting out at 16, but the mill, you know, it might go down. And they're just never going to make as much as we will. Um, or he probably, yeah, he started out as an apprentice at 16, I think. But and this is in what year? Uh, 93. Okay. And is that mill still around? Nope. Oh, you made it, the right call, huh? They were, they were like the number one mill in the division for 40 years, I heard. And, uh, you know, they'd been at that same spot for, gosh, who knows how, you know, some of the guys worked there for 40 years. And, wow. Uh, and now you drive by, it's just a big field. They tore everything down. Wow. And, uh, you know, three minutes after I quit, they, they went down. Geez, good for you. Good for you. So you jumped on an opportunity, started to learn a trade, listen to someone wiser than you. Hopefully those of you listening are still young and dumb like I was. You're, you're listening into this. It, the, life gives us little omens sometimes, uh, opportunities. And I, I love that Nick took that opportunity and, and ran with it. Um, so then you moved from there. You went to plumbing. Where did that take you next? Um. As far as what do you mean? Where did it so after the mill? Where did you go next to begin your uh, your journey? Um, well, I, you know, at first I just I was I saw all these plumbing trucks in Sandpoint, Idaho. We were living up there at the time, around there, and uh, it was Gem State Plumbing. They're not there anymore, but uh, I just saw these trucks everywhere, and I thought, man, we're never going to run out of toilets. You know, it's always it's something you're always going to need. You know, you gotta have, you gotta drink water. You gotta go to the bathroom. Unless you have a pandemic, then you need toilet paper. So, yeah. I mean, maybe maybe you could have done both at that point in time. 
And so you, so you saw this place and you thought, okay, I'm, I'm young, I'm 23, I, I want to start to do it. I, you know, I mean, that's not easy. It's easy. It's hard enough for me, my little brother-in-law off the couch. I mean, how did you get the courage? How did you walk in? What did you do to become, to make that step into the, into becoming a plumber to become a well, it was It was tough because I had uh, three kids at home. And then I was making like $12 an hour plus good bonuses and really good insurance. And then to get on at the apprenticeship, I had to go down to $6 an hour with hardly any benefits at all. Oh, wow. How, and uh, how did, what did that do for you psychologically? Because that's tough. We, a lot of us have young children. We're, we're young in these businesses. Right. That's, that's a tough job. How did you deal with that? Because um, you know, what went through your head? What were some of the ways that you were able to manage it? How did you deal with your, your wife? How did you, how did you make that transition? Um, it was just hard. We just had to buckle down. And um, seems like my wife at the time was, uh, you know, probably waiting tables and stuff too. And, um, you know, we, we just made it. We didn't have a lot of money, but uh, plus I had to pay for my apprenticeship, which wasn't much at the time, but mm -hmm. I think it was maybe 600 a year. And I, I had to go to North Idaho College every other weekend for four years while I worked full time as during the week as an apprentice. But, so, uh, so, you, so you hunkered down, you cut, took almost a half pay cut, you know, and that's realistic today too. You have to, in order to do an apprenticeship, you have to be able to okay. ride along and, and do what you're going to do. So, but, but, you know, you were, you didn't have any student debt, right? You weren't, you didn't have college student debt. So even though you took a pay cut, you weren't paying out on a bunch of things. So it's important to keep that in perspective. Um, how long did the apprenticeship take you? How long did it take you to get back to the $12 an hour? Um, it was four years. And then at four, at four years, I think probably, Within a, a week of getting my license, I think I got fourteen dollars an hour. Wow! And then I went from six. Right, right. Well, so, no, they bumped me. You know, after I was there a year, they bumped me up to eight. Okay. okay. So they did a little benching. They, they worked yeah. their way up. Okay, good, good. And I'm sure it's different now. That you know, I'm not as familiar, and we'll kind of talk about that into the business section of this show. Um, but that, you know, what a, what a cool way to see that, you know, we all get tempted, right? Be comfortable, you know, you're comfortable with what right. you're making, um, good on you for seeing the foresight of saying, Hey, I could get a short kit now. I mean, what's, you know, what's three years when you're 23 years old, you know, right. what's, what is that? You, you can make it, we can all make it. Yeah. Um, wow. That's awesome. So, so you started there, you're doing toilet repairs. What kind of work are you servicing? Well, at, at first I was doing, um, uh, new construction, residential houses and stuff. Okay. Then uh, after probably a year or so, then I started going into service, which okay. was really cool. I, I enjoyed that a lot. What did you enjoy the most? I, I know a lot of people, this is for you plumbers listening, just disregard this, this is for everyone else. We always want to ask plumbers questions. What, what were the wins and losses of service work? I mean, because I'm a young guy. I'm like, I don't want to be stuck in, in the crap every day. You know, what was that like doing service? What were the things that made it fun? What were the things that really sucked? I just want to make sure people know. What is plumbing like in the field? Um, <clears throat> well, there's a lot of good and bad. There's, you know, you're, you're just going to a lot of different places, which is really neat. And, you know, I was up at Sandpoint at the time, and it's so beautiful up there. There was, you, you know, there's so much water. You know, I'd, mm. I'd be doing jobs down on the river all the time and on the lake and fancy houses. Wow. Uh, and, you, you know, you're really learning something new every day, it seemed like. Um, you just get to do so many different things, you know, you're, you might replace some fixtures one day, the next day you're repiping a house, the next day you're changing a couple water heaters, the next day you're at a school, you know, they got an old 
50 drinking fountain in there that you got to try to figure out how to make it work again. Um, you know, you then then the next day you might be in a nursing home working on a boiler system. Um, it was just there was just so much stuff to learn, and it was it was uh, it was pretty neat. It uh, you know when I first started, I didn't know what a sawzall was or how to use a screw gun. It, you know, and uh, two years into it, there wasn't nothing in my house that I couldn't remodel. You know, wow, wow. So you're that's a lot different than what a lot of us think. A lot of us think, oh, they're just, you know, plunging toilets. It's no. dirty, stinky. That's, you know, it's important if you're listening and, and you're younger, listening to this podcast. So you get to drive around, you're not stuck at a desk in a cubicle. You ha you get to be challenged, try different things. Sounds like you've got to move around, see some cool yeah. homes, meet, probably meet some cool people. Oh, yeah, very, um, very much so. You know, we had a plumber at our house last week uh, changing a disposal. And I know a lot of you are like, how the hell does this guy lead a trade trades podcast and he can't do his own work well you know what i don't touch plumbing or electrical and neither right. should you so hire your local plumber and electrician <laughs> to do the work for you uh, i can do everything but that um i told my wife you know there's a 97 percent chance i'll do it right and you know three percent chance i'm gonna mess it up and either flood or burn my house down and that's right. not worth it so um little plug there for for local electricians and plumbers uh, but you get to see but he was really nice he was so fast i thought that was really cool i mean for even a glass guy I, you know putting in shower enclosures I, I thought i got pretty quick at the trade just seeing him come in he was clean he covered his feet he was mindful of the, of the COVID. just and he was just an overall great guy and so uh, i think it's important for us to remember whatever stereotype we have it's different you could be on the show go to youtube.com today in trades and watch the show uh there if you'd like you know, Mick is not, you know, he's, he's in shape. You know, you look like you're maybe 38 years old, which I know probably is impossible since Mickey, yeah. you know, it's, it's it, I, most plumbers that I know, including the guy that came to our house, um, you know, because you're active and if you take care of your body, you, you know, there's gotta be some benefits. So tell me about that. I mean, um, what's it like, you know, spend most of your life kind of on the move. Um, and I'm sure you have days that you feel like you're broken down and can't move, but you know, I, I guess, do you, do you ever think, man, I wish I would have worked in an office? Um, sometimes, uh, you know, I have to admit it is, it is a little hard on your body. Oh yeah. You're crawling under houses a lot. Uh, if you're, if you're in the service department, you know, you're crawling under houses, fixing broken pipes. Um, you know, your knees, uh, get wore out a little bit, your hands, cause you're in the cold, you're in the hot, you're in the cold. Um, you know, it's not the easiest job in the world. Um, but you do get paid a lot for it. Well, if you take care of yourself, you know, we're going to have several episodes on that in the future, but if you take care of yeah. yourself, take care of your body. What, what are some ways if you could, if you could recommend to a young, young man or woman that's going into plumbing today, what would you do differently um, that, that would have maybe helped make that job more, uh, more functional? For the um, well, one thing I would do differently is I would join the union from the start just for the retirement purposes, uh, the benefits, the pay, the retirement. Uh, a lot of the the smaller non-union shops, um, you know, a lot of them are coming up with 401k and stuff, but, uh, you know, if you're in the union, you, their retirement is just great. Oh, good, good, good. Um, and um, are you in your union plumber still? How long have you been, um, how long have you been? So seven. Okay. Okay. And then uh, you work in Seattle. So what kind of projects do you work? You started with service. You, or you went to a little plumbing company, started there, got your apprentice done. Started in services. San Juan, Idaho is beautiful. We've, we've been there. Gorgeous. Um, driving around doing service. Then where did it take you next after, uh, after doing service work? Um, 
I, you know, I did residential again, went back to residential. I, I worked for Rotor Rooter for a while. Our boss bought the Rotor Rooter franchise. So I, d I did a lot of uh, sewer machine work. Um, and the, the same, you know, the same, even as, uh, as nasty as it sounds, you know, it's just a job. You go home, take a shower, you're clean. Uh, you know, during the day, you feel like a little icky sometimes, but um, it, that's, not the, that's not the glam part of the job. But still, you're out meeting really cool people all the time, getting to drive around all the time. Um, then I, I moved over to Montana. Same thing there. I went to work doing residential with some guys. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's just fun. Um, but then I uh, joined the union out of Spokane, and um, I had to do a lot of pipe fitting, a lot of traveling and working, which was kind of cool. I bought a fifth wheel. A lot of my buddies had campers and stuff, too. Um, you'd travel around on big, big fitting jobs. There might be 500 to 2,000 uh, fitters and welders and electricians out there on a job. Wow, uh, wow. So big. So for, this, uh, for those of us that are, that are plumbing dumb, um, what does that mean? So uh, talk about like a big job, big fitting job. What, what's entailed there? Um, it's uh, we were doing uh, a job in Moses Lake. Uh, it was a silicone plant. Um, it's just huge, you know, big pipes. You know, they might be forty inches steel piped, and you're, you know, you're using cranes for everything, chain falls, um, and you know, as a fitter, you're fitting pipe up, putting it in place rigging it, putting it in place, and then you get it tacked up, or not tacked up, but ground up the ends and stuff, beveled, and you put it together, and then a welder comes, you work with a welder generally, and then he comes by and welds it, and then you move on to the next end of the pipe, and so on and so on. Okay. Uh, so, the same thing, you know, uh, just a big job. They had a big shutdown about five or six years ago, and a bunch of us fitters went over there and worked on that. And I just want to, I want to interject really quick, um, just because it kind of sounded like, um, like what my dad was saying, you know, that he, that he travels a lot for work and that he got an RV and all that stuff. Um, so I just want to make it clear to the listeners that, um, so I was in third grade, I think third or fourth grade when my dad um, became a journeyman plumber and graduated from NIC. Um, and he didn't start doing that, that type of work, like working for the union and traveling like that until all of us kids were out of school. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah. yeah, I would imagine that would be, that could be tough on a, on a young family, but at the same token for the right point in life. It, well, what I'm hearing too, that's great perspective. What I'm hearing too is you got to, you got to see kind of the whole gambit make and by the time you got in there, I mean, I would think, I have a three-year-old daughter right now, and I'm sure when, when she gets to be older, it's like those are kind of jobs that are fun. You get to see different parts of the country, yeah. work with a big team, um, you know, and I, I'm certainly a lot more happy in my home life when I'm excited at my job and I feel like I'm doing some fun stuff and finishing. Um, talk about that too. You know, I know something that motivates a lot of service workers is that seeing something go from nothing to being complete. What's that like to see a project from like dirt to then having all the you know, the plumbing is the, is the, is the arteries of the yeah. structure. And so what does that feel like? What, what's that, um, that like for a plumber? It's pretty cool. It's a, it's rewarding. Uh, every, you know, whether it be a, a small house or a big mansion or a big industrial job, uh, it's always pretty neat, you know, and later on you drive by. I, I know that like, um, you know, last time me and my wife was in Missoula, um, you know, there's just so many, 
neighborhoods that I go down and I go, I plumbed that house and, and I plumbed all these houses on this block and I plumbed all of them on that block. And it's pretty neat, you know, and I, some of them I did, you know, 25 years ago. Uh, and they're, you know, still there. They'll be there for a long time. You know, it's, it's pretty neat. Yeah, to the list of the younger listeners, um, I'm in the same boat Mick is. You know, every time we drive up to Montana, to Bozeman, I see the nice homes that are going to be like, I did that shower enclosure, I did that window set, I did that project, I hated that window. That guy was really nice. And you, you can take pride in your work, and it's a tangible reward in a way that sometimes, you know, we have a software company now, Eclipse is great, but you don't always get that same feeling you get when you physically see something go from nothing to something. So. That's kind of cool. I think a lost a lost part of the career that sometimes some people forget about. Yeah, and when I was younger, uh, you know, I was raising kids, and a lot of times my boss would say, "Hey, I need you to work Saturday," and I'd say, "Well, if I can take a couple of my kids with me, I'll do it." And they'd go, yeah, no problem. Um, so all of my kids, uh, you know, I was dragging them out plumbing with me from young ages, and um, you know, I paid them, or I'd, sometimes I'd make my boss pay them. Or if it was just work I was doing on the on the weekends up by myself, I would just pay them out of my own pocket. But they all knew how to solder pipe and cut pipe, drill holes. Perfect. Uh, so, so Mickey, looks like you're coming over to do the rest of my plumbing projects. Yeah. <laughs> I got something out of this podcast. <laughs> I loved it. Some of my best memories when I was little are being underneath houses with my dad and and just, I mean, it's not like we were really helping that much. No. I mean, come on, we are so young, you know, we're probably more of a nuisance than anything, but just getting to spend time with my dad like that and see him, you know, what he does every day and stuff like that. I mean, it, it was just really cool. I mean, we, he, he's a good dad. I mean, we always did good stuff. You know, we went hunting all the time and, um, you know, we had a really good childhood, but yeah, I mean, so, like I said, some of my best memories are, are, uh, being on some plumbing jobs with him. Fantastic, you know, and, and well, especially right now with uh, with COVID, I mean, we all have our kids at home, and yeah. now what I love to have a big construction project right now to keep them busy, even if it's just running things to the dumpster. <laughs> and so that's really cool. I remember one time when Mickey was, I don't know, maybe ten. We were, I was working for uh, this company that owned Rotor Rooter at the time too, so they had me go do a weekend thing, and I took her with me. And there was a lady that had a septic tank that was kind of down in this little hill and the top of it was full of water and it was kind of there was some shit water in there too and it was kind of winter and um so me and mickey get out of the van we put our our uh, chest waders on type boots you know and we're taking buckets and we're scooping that water out over this ditch so we could get down to the manhole of the septic tank and this lady comes out and she goes i can't believe this she goes that how do you get that girl to work? You know, she goes, I got four teenage boys in the house and they would never do that. And she looks up at her and she goes, well, I'm getting paid. <laughs> and then she goes, she goes, uh, what are you going to spend your money on? And she goes, well, I'm going to, I'm going to put all this money in the bank for sure. She goes, unless of course I'm having a fashion crisis, then I might spend some. <laughs> that's, that's still Mickey today. I love, yeah. I love how you should learn to save. There's just so many, so many benefits that are often overlooked. You know, if you think plumber, I hope at the end of this podcast, you don't think dirty shit water. You think, what a career, what a way to see yeah. things, what a way to fix things, what a way to, to, to take care of your family and great money. I mean, that's, and you know, what's funny is money motivates, but you know, what else motivates is just, is having a skill, a pride. And, and, a, and, skill. A, having, and, and, and a uniform is about just knowing you have a purpose. 
teaching your kids something. You know, one time we went to this uh, flea market in Sandpoint. My oldest boy was probably 10, and uh, you could buy a bunch of tools up there for dirt cheap. And we went to this one guy's booth. He had just thousands of tools. Well, Joey needed a toolbox to get set up. So we went and found him a little metal toolbox. We put, you know, a bunch of pliers, hammer, screwdrivers in there. <clears throat> we get up to the thing, and I'm thinking it's going to be 50 bucks, you know. And the guy, Joey, says, I need to buy all this. And the guy goes, what do you want to buy that for? And he goes, because I'm going to be a plumber with my dad. And he goes, you are. And the guy goes, uh, he looks at it for a minute and kind of looks at all that. And he goes, since you're going to work with your dad, he goes, you just take that stuff. You can have it. Oh, that's awesome. charges nothing, you know. But it's it was a different uh, era where kids went to work with their dads a lot, you know, and learned to train. Mm-hmm. And they weren't afraid to work, it seems like, a lot of times. it's A lot of that's changed a lot nowadays, it seems like. That's a great segue. So now um, let's move into the next section. Um, I want to talk about how it's changed. Because um, I also feel like a lot of times we think of plumbers from back in the 60s, you know, and that's a, it's a different world. Um, today we have internet, we have YouTube, we have different trade schools. How has it changed and what do you think are some of the best changes and some of the changes that they need to watch out for? Um, things have changed. Um, it's uh, a lot of computer stuff now. Um, you know, when I first started out, it was just blueprints. They would, you know, you'd get to the shop in the morning and they'd say, hey, I'm going to send you over. You're going to do this house. Um, here's the blueprints. You know, the water's coming in on the north side. The waste is going out the other way, you know. And, you know, you talk about it for five minutes. The boss might show you a couple things. Yeah, they want a hose bib here and there. But now a lot of that's on computers, especially on the bigger jobs. Uh, you know, they give you these little, I don't know what you call them, computer thing this big. Tablets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tablets. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of older guys like me that are just young. We just, we, um, you know, we could be a foreman before, but it's a lot harder now because if you don't know how to work a tablet pretty good, you know, it just limits you a little bit. Sure. So uh, that's a nice little, little plug too. So if you're, if you're listening, you know, dive into technology. And again, this, this show's made, uh, is powered by BitClips and, and jump in. A lot of these companies too will help. Uh, gentlemen like Nick and, and ladies that are older, we'll, I'll teach you, train you. Uh, I know Mickey and her, when we're not doing the podcast, she's always been onboarding. She's teaching people how to use it, how to, to make it work for them. And so don't let technology um, scare you either. And it sounds like, make kind of what I'm hearing from you, and correct me if I'm wrong, is you know, if, you're, if you're just getting started, embrace it. Maybe don't fight it. Maybe learn, be willing to learn for it, take some classes or, or connect with the company so that you feel more comfortable. I think what he was saying too is uh, earlier, it's, it really is a different era though. I mean, there not a lot of uh, people my age don't know how to use a computer, you know, right. it's, a, it's a different generation. So the people coming into the trades now, you know, they already kind of have that advantage. Um, you know, they learn c- with computers, all that stuff in school. I mean, my nine and 10 year old, they're learning how to code in third and fourth or in fourth and fifth grade. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh. that's just crazy. When I was in the ninth grade, I don't think our school even had a computer. Right, right. You know, now, now everything is computerized. So mm-hmm. yeah. kids nowadays, um, you know, the newer foreman that we have, a lot of times they're younger, but they've learned computers their whole lives in school. And, uh, you know, they're just, that's, it's not a, it's not a hindrance for them to try to figure that out on the job. Yeah, that's fantastic. And, and you know, and good news for BidClips and those of us that are creating solutions for the field. Um, but I will say that you, uh, um, 
you brought up a good point as well that, that we have to, you know, it's also, let's talk about something that I think a lot of people overlook. You got into this in 93, I think you said, right? Yeah. Um, in 1993, and I, I think you go look it up, but I know we had done a study, um, my co-founder and I, and uh, um, the number, the percentage of kids and people coming out of high school uh, or young people going into the trades has declined massively in 1993. So Mick was coming in and there might've been how many apprentices working with you. Well, we have this technology, that's fine, but it's, not, and it's making things more efficient, but not at the rate that we don't have, we have workers coming in. And right. so there's a massive shortage of people coming into plumbing. So I want to talk about batch change. What, how, what kind of stresses does that put on you and the long-term plumbers to kind of be like, you know, the, the quality of people, maybe I'm sure with less people Very coming in, you don't get a whole lot of people. So talk about yeah. that a little bit. When you do, a lot of times they're, uh, you know, not to be old fashioned, but they're kind of mama's boys, couch potatoes. Uh, you know, they're probably good at playing video games, but when it gets to work, they got no real work ethics. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, they'll miss a day or two a week. Um, you know, and all of us older guys are going, man, I'd have got chewed out so bad in front of everybody, and then I would have got fired, you know, if I missed that much time. But it's just a, it's a different generation. Um, the work ethic just isn't isn't there as much anymore. Sometimes, say, go ahead. Oh, well, I was gonna say. So let's say let's say a young man or woman comes in and they're like, you know, I'm gonna have work ethic. You know, I heard this podcast. I'll I'll show Mick. I'm gonna work my butt off. Are their advancement opportunities a lot better than they were back in the day? Because there are probably not that many they're competing against. I mean, as you guys yeah. retire and they come in, I would imagine someone who could gain a work ethic or maybe yeah. had a work ethic in another career and brought it over would probably yeah. have a leg up. It, it sounds like. Absolutely. There's a lot of people that we get from other trades that because plumbers in Seattle are the highest paid trades. And so, um, you know, there's, we had a, a laborer come in from another one just recently, um, iron workers, um, bricklayers, you know, masons, um, just because we make the most money. Uh -huh. uh, so them, them people are usually pretty solid. Yeah, we. I, I know one guy. He's been a bricklayer for twenty years. But yeah, he's yeah. going to work another twenty, so I might as well make more money. But it doesn't sound like they're eighteen and nineteen years old. No, but so, we do. We do get some that are in their early twenties that you know sure. started out at eighteen doing another trade and then thought, well, I'm going to go where the money has it. Sure. Dad, sure. um, if you don't, if you don't feel uncomfortable talking about it, because really the only, um money that you have have said is in the beginning you were making six dollars an hour and then after you graduated you bumped up to 14 but obviously that was in the 90s so yeah. what is what is what is that like now for you now I um, just just general 6221 on my check an hour yes yep yeah well i make like you know one hundred and fifteen thousand a year roughish and, and, are, and you're still working right now, right? It's pandemic and you still have a job. I'm off for maybe four weeks, I think. Sure. But um, but my point is there's there's work to be done. There's uh, there's jobs to be done. And, uh, there's, there's a lot. And I'm just going to call it for what it is because, you know, I don't, I don't hide from things. Mickey knows that. It, it's just a tough time. So if you've lost your job and you don't know about the future or you think we might see something like this again, um, most of us on this call with are on this, listening to this would just, love to see even 80,000 a year, you know, just to, I mean, what, a, what an opportunity and to see places, to be part of teams. So, you know, if I sound like I'm trying to sell or plug plumbing, I'm trying to sell or plug plumbing and trades. Uh, it's really important. And so thank you for clarifying that, Mickey, because I was going to say, well, even $6 an hour is better than nothing for a lot of yeah. us listening. You know, and back then, back in the 90s, 
Uh, six bucks an hour was pretty low, but the, the journeyman non-union at our shop were the really good ones were making 16 an hour. Yeah, and in I the 90s, that's equivalent to 22, 23 today. It has to be, yeah. I don't know if that's the fact, you have to look it up, but it's, it, it's, it was, you know, inflation's a real thing. That was actually a decent living back then compared to now. Then I did a government job one time and it was uh, $27 an hour. Oh, and that's I, awesome. I can remember going, man, if I made 27, I'd work so hard, they'd never see me taking a break. You know, and now I make $62 an hour, you know, and. Uh, it's like, give me a break, get some more young yeah, kids in here, help me out. <laughs> oh man, that's, that's awesome. So you get adventure, you're part of a program, you can make great money by world standards and by American standards, by, I mean, what, a, what an opportunity. Um, and so. And like, what he, and like what my dad was saying earlier, and, and to what you just said, Jim, about with the, this pandemic and everything, I mean, none of us know what it's going to look like when we come out of it. But like my dad said, there's always going to be toilets yeah. forever. Right. And that's a foolproof job for the, for the rest of time. And everybody else is laying off. You can still work on the weekends. You know, there's always a neighbor that says, Hey, I'll, I'll pay you to come over and change a water heater. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. Make a lot doing that kind of stuff. The but, only reason, the only reason I am not in the field, was to be able to help make a software to make it more efficient and then to try to bring people into the trades. We right. chose this industry because I didn't want to do software in any industry except service because service will continue to be needed. So right. um, you hit the nail on the head and if you can't automate it, robots can't go replace a broken valve in your home, you know, it's going to be a, a while. And so what a great long-term play for plumbers at our shop that are making 150,000 a year. Sure. Sure, and I'm sure that, and, and if you're a if you're a manager or a boss, which is actually the segment in our next section, and you there's two parts to this. If you are listening to the show and you own a plumbing company, um, we want to touch on a few things. Like what what's it going to take for you to hire and retain guys like Nick, hard workers, professional, just good people, right? Because that's what we're all looking for today. And then if you're a young person who says, I don't want to just be a plumber, I want to be a boss, I want to own my own plumbing company, I want to talk to that audience too because a lot of you, yeah, so. Let's open up that can of worms a little bit. Um, what would it? What does it take um, to create a great work environment for a guy like you, Nick? Um, you, the 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 company I work for now is like the best one I've ever worked for. They, uh, it's just the attitude of the people. You know, what's, that, what's the name of that company? Let's let's give them a proper credit. PSF. It's Puget, okay. Puget Sound Fabrication. Fantastic. Uh, it's you know I, every every plumber. I've worked for it through his apprenticeship or throughout his career. There's guys that are just assholes that they've had to work with. Mm. And you go, man, I hated that guy. Every day he was on me, I hated him. Probably but, what Mickey says about me when she's having a beer yeah. after work. <laughs> company though, uh, if you're that guy, you're gone. You know, they're just going to get yeah. rid of you. If you don't, yeah. if you don't have a, a good attitude and you can't work with everybody else. You're just out of there. And, uh, for all of us that work there, that's one of the main things that we talked about was, you know, everybody here is so cool, you know, and anytime I talk to a new apprentice, and we're getting and we're sending out in the field, I go, hey, bro, no one's going to be out there screaming and yelling at you or belittling you, but me. Good. <laughs> you but me. Yeah. But, and, I, and, I, and I'm going to do it with love. Yeah. Uh, so it sounds like attitude's great, important. And I was yeah. joking. I was joking earlier. I'm proud of our team. We keep a good attitude. So, so it sounds like attitude's something you can manage. So if you're an owner and you have a you have a company and your culture is negative, and your culture is hard to be around, get ahead of that. Get out. Get, pull the cancer out. Doesn't mean just have to fire them, but be very direct 
and people that created that ad to. And Mickey knows a little bit about us. That's the way we have to run businesses today. You have to create, make it, you have to show respect. You have to, to treat them, everybody you work with well. And if you're an employer on this, your employees are your first client. It's your first customer. And so treat well, them well. Six or seven of my best buddies that I work with, if, if you ask them right now, why do you like this company the most? That's the first thing they'd say was everybody here is so cool. You know, everybody, you know, you just do your job. Everybody gets along real well. And, and uh, that, that makes a huge difference. So what's the other thing that you, uh, what's another thing you like, you like out of a good work environment? Um, you know, management, you know, they have your back a lot. You know, there's guys that are at our, at our shop that uh, no matter what, they're going to, they're going to be there for you. You know, the management, they're going to back you up. If you're having a problem with another trade, if you're having a problem at home, if, you're, if your car breaks down on the way home, they're going to come and get you. You know, and, and uh, it is just so nice to, to have that kind of uh, support. You know, it's just like a big family. Good, good. So we've got that. We've got backup, um, support. Uh, what about safety? What about tools? Um, how does that play out? It's all about safety. That's every time I get a new apprentice on the job, first thing I say is, hey, what's the number one word in plumbing? And they go, uh, I don't know. I go, safety. Uh -huh. You've got to be safe. Very My dad's good. big on safety, not just in plumbing, too. Every, we, every summer we go out to the big hole in Montana and we shoot gophers. And so all of us, you know, there will be 10 of us and we'll all have a, a rifle in our hands. And every, you know, 25 seconds my dad says everybody's safety on everybody got their safety on that's awesome yeah well that's way of life and it's important that's what creates longevity in your career that's what yeah. keeps the your customers safe it's what keeps each other yeah. safe and mm -hmm. you know and that's important it goes back to the work ethic thing and um, if you want to excel uh, owners don't yeah we want of course we want our, our our tradesmen to work fast i own lots of shops in my life i want them to be efficient you know i don't want them to violate safety that costs way more than the few hours you're going to save by trying to cut a corner. Right. I used to hate when this mentality of move quickly. Be efficient. Don't waste time, but do it safely. So that's really good. It's really safety is uh, is is a must. If you're if you're doing something wrong, um, they'll send you home right now. Good. You know, if they catch you the next day doing something wrong, they'll fire you. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're just not going to mess around. They want you to go home with all your limbs. It, it, as healthy as you came in the day this morning. Yeah. You home tonight, you're going to be in as good a shape as when you got here. Yeah. Uh, one example, I had a boss, you know, when you get the, when you get to a new company, you're trying to impress everybody with how good you work. You know, you're working hard. Um, I was up on this eight foot ladder. I was doing some stuff, some cat overhead cast iron. And the, one of the bigger highest up bosses comes by and, uh, just his presence, you know, everybody knows that he's somebody and I, I hadn't really met him and uh, he walks by and introduced himself. I go, you know, buzz and he goes, uh, I don't, I don't like that ladder. He goes, Hey, Hey Billy, come and get this ladder. And I go, it's a Friday. And I go, I, I, I literally got two minutes left and I'm done here for the week of what I'm doing. And he goes, nah, get off that ladder right now. And I oh go, my gosh. Well, I only got two minutes. And he goes, now nah, you're not going to get hurt on my job. He goes, I'm not going to call your wife tonight and tell her you had only two minutes left. He was trying to get something done. You broke your back. I go, get right. off that. And then he wow. said, hey, go put this in my truck. I'll take it to the dump. Wow. Wow. But wow. If I was in a non-union shop, mm -hmm. it would have been a little different. Not that all non-union shops are bad, but I'm just saying in the union, safety is stressed really, you know, really hard. They have safe, 
people that do nothing but walk around looking for people being unsafe on the job. Sure, sure. That's fantastic. Having, so I, I heard a couple of cool things there. Having, having safety be a priority from the very top down, um, yeah. having it be a part of the culture for everybody and not cutting corners just, you know, because that, that word spreads, you know, and I'm sure you've told that story before. That's great. Uh, it probably, and, and even though it probably pissed you off because only two minutes left, it also makes you feel good knowing you're being taken care of. Yeah. Um, so really good, good stuff. Um, and there's different trades that you were, that like different trades people that you work with in, in other industries that, um, that it's a little bit less uh, safe what they do though, right? I mean, oh, yeah, you're in a pretty safe one and as a plumber. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah, but I mean, the iron workers were there on the job, the, the, the electricians, uh, sprinkler fitters, you know, and, and them safety people work for whatever contractor is building the, the building. Mm -hmm. So there they govern everybody on that whole site, you know, yeah. Yeah. just because you're a plumber or an electrician or an iron worker, you still have to listen. If that safety person comes by and says, you know, get off that ladder, you get off that ladder. Yeah. Um, and so, um, so, oh, so one more thing, Jim, too. Um, I, I kind of wanted to I don't know if you have any more questions, but I kind of want to um, touch a little bit on um, the the schooling that you that you need to to do and the certifications. Because I mean, like in in my husband's industry, you know, I've talked a lot about what he does. He's a auto automotive painter. Um, you know, he didn't have to go to school at all. He just found a job. They trained him on the job. That's that's it. Um, but it's different for for some trades and and. Yeah. Um, plumbing, electrician, that, that's one of them. You know, my dad was saying earlier that he had to, that he went to NIC every other weekend. Um, I think electricians are the same. And then, so talk a little bit about that. And, um, you know, if you have to have a high school diploma or just a GED, stuff like that. And then also how to, um, if you move from state to state. Um, when I was in, uh, I had just a GED. Um, but then I, you know, I was able to get into North Idaho College at the time with the GED. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, but there were uh, electricians like right across the hallway from us in, in class doing the same apprenticeship, but, you know, and then like, you know, down the hallway was uh, sheet metal guys too. Um, but in the, the electricians and the plumbers have to have a license, but I don't think the sheet metal guys do. Um, but the trades where you have to have a license are a lot more valuable because you can, you know, what they'll say, do you have your license? And you go, yeah, I got it right here. Oh, cool, we'll hire you. Um, awesome. Um, and you don't have to, and, uh, and you don't have to have a license to be able to be apprenticed in. It just, it helps you, it's an additional, just to clarify that for those. Yeah, apprentice, you have to be like registered with the state. Sure. And, and have an apprentice card. But the license is kind of extra, extra. That's what you, that's like, uh, you know, getting your driver's license at the got end it. of your time. Yeah, got you it. have to. Yeah, you. Exam. And once you get your license, then you're allowed to be plumbing on your own. Yes. Got yes. it. Okay. And, uh, and, and you can't do, do any companies do the licensing inside of their company, or is it always at a college? No, it's a state thing. Okay. Yeah, and then like some states, a lot of states reciprocate. So, if I wanted to go plumb in Montana, I could just you know call them ahead of time, and they'll send me the paperwork, and then they 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 recognize Idaho as a as a state that has hard schooling and hard testing so they go yeah they're as good of us as good as us or better so we will let them have our our license without taking a test you know okay. you pay a fee and stuff but some states 
would come to Idaho and we go, nah, we don't recognize your licensing because you, you know, you're just, you're not that. Right. So then they would have to retest and get recertified there, not go through their apprenticeship again, right? They right. would just have to re just pass the test. And the test, when I took it, it had an 80% fail rate for the first time people take it. Wow. So so it's not easy. Not, yeah, you're not just going to go, you know, not know anything about plumbing and go pass it. You know, that was, one of, that was one of my questions is how rigid it was and, and how to prepare it's for like that. a four-hour test, but I think, you know, I, I usually do it in like an hour and 10 minutes or something, but I went to North Idaho College, so sure. it's a lot easier. Um, so I'm sure some of our listeners, listeners, we lost them right at the word test. You know, I'm not a school person. I don't do tests. Well, you got your GED, right? I mean, talk, let's talk about that. It, it doesn't necessarily mean test like an SAT or something. I mean, no. if you've done your job, you've paid attention, you've learned, is the test passable if, if you've just been present on the job and, and focused? Um, yes, mm -hmm. for some people. Right, there, of course. You know, there's people that, uh, that are really just not test takers. And I was one of them people. Um, when I first got there, um, the math was just crazy. You know, my first day in class, they, uh, uh, they put us with like the second and third year apprentices uh, because the, our our teacher wasn't wasn't there like the first day. So we sit down and the teacher says, okay, guys, we're going to do some math. He goes, we're going to build a, a duct blind on paper with, you know, 10 inch PVC pipe, 10, 10 feet long and with caps on it, you know, like buoyancy type thing, just water displacement. And he goes, we got two hunters at 200 pounds a piece. You know, two dogs, 100 pounds a piece, and then 100 pounds of gear. So, how many of them pipes is it going to take to make this duck blind? And instantly, everybody's opening books and doing this, and I'm going, shit. I wonder if I can get my job back at the sawmill. <laughs> instantly, I I was sweating and going, oh god, what a mistake I made. And uh, you know, I'm just never been a book smart guy, but. Everybody in that class was just easy going and uh, you know, I had friends that just helped me along all the time I I just happened to sit by guys that were good at math or good at this and we would just bounce ideas off each other and, You know, and then it was fine, but it, it's overwhelming at first. It can be Yeah, so so don't let the fact that maybe school wasn't great for you stop you from coming to the Not trades. at all. Not Dad, at what you, grade really did you stop going in? Yeah Ninth grade. Ninth grade. What say that again? Ninth grade Okay, what a, what a great story. What a way to go from ninth grade, you know, and to GED to over 100,000 a year. Yeah. If you're listening, you have no excuse. If I see you playing video mm -hmm. games the next couple of weeks and you tell me that, you know, there's no job out there, I'm, you know what I'm going to do to you. So if you're listening here, you have uh, Mick as a, as a walking example of a success story. And it's important for our country. It's important for our country's backbone. It's, what, it's guys like Mick that keep us going. That's not just a tribute to him, but that's just the truth. We, get, we have to keep doing this work. We have to keep uh, keep progressing. Let's talk about that a little bit too. So, um, you know, in 1997 was when I really started putting in my first windshields, et cetera. And there are other trades. If you start going into plumbing and you decide to switch, you can switch. You've heard that on this whole show. You, you know, to us, just get it with your hand, get your hands and and go get go make a difference. And when I started in 97, you know, we didn't have podcasts to listen to. <laughs> Uh, I listen to some business podcasts now, some leadership podcasts, just some funny ones. I, I'm always listening to kind of educate myself as I drive around. I remember installing shower enclosures and windshields when I drive around. That was a good time, but I only had tapes. I'm not old. I'm not old. Uh, Mickey tapes, little plastic thing you put in your car. Um, and uh, but now we have I we have podcasts. Aren't we? You guys be listening to this right now, driving across Sandpoint, about to put some plumbing in or on a shower door. 
um, Mick, with this all available, how does that change the way that it, it looks for somebody coming in? We have the school, we always tools now. It's, it's, uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, sometimes like uh, if you're going to work on a boiler or a, a water heater that's acting funny and it's, you know, you, you troubleshot a few things, you can YouTube it, you know, how to fix the gas water heater that's the pilot keeps going out. And instantly there's 50 different things of people doing it. You know, you click on the first few and you go, ah, that makes sense. I'm going to try that. And the next yeah. thing you know, it. I mean, that's it's, awesome. That's there's awesome. so much stuff right there at our fingertips, even for a dumb computer guy like me that don't know anything about them. You know, you, I can still use my telephone. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, they got it so simple. How do you fix this? Toilet? Exactly. <laughs> how do I, how do I pass my plumbing license test? <laughs> so, one, one um, thing, uh, that uh, me and Mickey talked about, uh, I, worked at uh, the college down in Pullman about five years ago. And we were going to lunch every day in the cafeteria, or not every day, but once a week usually. And all the students were coming in. We were working on the football operations building and uh, adding a new football thing, you know. And uh, so every day I'm, I'm friendly to everybody, you know, and these kids would be sitting next to us in our, in our lunchroom in the cafeteria. And I'd, I'd always ask them, what do you, what are you gonna be when you're when you're done here? And they, it was so amazing to me that you know they're in their early twenties, so third year in college, and they go, I don't know yet. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what I'm gonna do. You know, and, and and I'm going, yeah, but don't you have to pay all this back? Oh yeah, yeah, but it'll be worth it in the long run. You know, I don't know what I'm gonna do, and uh, you know, some of them might want to be an engineer, some of them want to be this, some want to be that, but it just seemed like the amount of money that they were paying and the student loans that they were paying uh, was just crazy. You know, I talked to a couple of girls that were going to be veterinarians and it was like 250 grand a piece. But luckily for them to um, somebody rich in the family had died and left them money. So in their two cases, it was, wasn't bad, but for the most part, all them kids I talked to, I couldn't believe that they, you know, they were spending four or five years in college and coming out and they're going to work, you know, selling pizzas. Yeah, well, you know, and if you do have college debt and maybe you decided you made a bad decision and you're listening to this, guess what? Go go be a plumber while you're figuring yeah. it out. At least make yeah. $15 an hour as a French yeah. or whatever they started now is way better than waiting tables or, or being a bartender. Mm -hmm. And at least you're staying in shape. You're, and hey, let's talk about social distancing. I mean, what a better way than, you know, granted, plumbers on, you're on top of some people. You're, you know, in a way, job sites, especially new construction, you're, you kind of got five feet between each other anyways. Mm -hmm. usually smell too bad to be too close. So it's, it's a matter of just, you know, there's all these benefits and it's really important. It's important tell to all him, of us. Tell them what the, what those guys were saying too, though, at the, at the university about how kind of looking down on you guys, like how they're going to be scientists and make. Oh no, that figures. was a, that was a job uh, in Seattle. We were working for a lab oh. and uh, some of these scientists were coming in and setting up some of their equipment. And uh, one of my bosses, or he's uh, he was a foreman running some work. And I think he made 160,000. And um, this scientist just, you know, is an older guy and gives, looks down at, well, I make six figures a year. And my boss goes, so do I. <laughs> and he goes, <laughs> That's awesome. He goes, well, how much did you make? And he goes, well, I made 160 last year. And the guy, and the scientist goes, holy shit, that's a lot more than I make. <laughs> you know, and he, he probably went eight years of school. Yeah, of course. Paid for, paid for all of that. 
Yeah. And, you know, and, and this podcast isn't, you know, for those of you that have a, like my wife who was born to be a nurse if you have something you want to do go do it but we're talking to the people that are not sure the people who maybe made a mistake in what they thought they were going to do and those of us that sadly so many of us uh, have lost our jobs in this country and you're looking for a new start out of the back yeah we're talking to those people that my dad was talking to in the cafeteria that were in their third year of college not knowing what they're going to do but come out fifty thousand dollars in debt yeah you know and a lot of every uh, when I was a kid, I was 16. I went to work at this computer factory, and uh, we were making 3.35 an hour. And every other person in there had a college degree of some sort, and they were making minimum wage. And you know, like income tax time would come, and I'd say, "What are you going to spend your income tax on?" And they go, "And eh, nothing." They they take it from my student loan from 20 years ago when I was in college. Yeah. And I'm going, man, you still have that debt lingering. You know, right, right. You're making minimum wage now. You could have, you could have been paying, you could have been paying for a Harley or, or something yeah. else that's a little more fun, right? Yeah. So, wow, what a what what a day, what a um what an episode. Uh, Mick, I just I want to thank you. Um, you know, this is your time off. You definitely didn't need to be hanging out with us. Um, you know, before you go back to work. But um, I uh, I'm just I'm honored to to know you and have you on here. Thank you for your work uh, for yeah. all of us. Um, it's uh, it's important. It's important work. And um and then. Uh, everyone, uh, we have, as I said, the beginning of the episode, make sure you're going over to bigclips.com. Um, take a look at our podcast, uh, other episodes. Uh, we have a webinar on managing remote teams. A lot of you are trying to manage your company from workers all over. Uh, we have some really good content on, on numbers. We want to help you build your business. For those of you that are, are hard workers in the field, we want to help you work more efficiently, safely. We want to help you with the right technology, the right solutions. Um, BitClips is more than a software. We are a culture um, that likes to help the trade businesses serve better. So mm-hmm. we will get through this. Um, and I hope so many of you that are listening to this and all the, the young people that I forced to listen to this that asked me for a job or advice, um, I hope you take this to heart. I hope you consider the trades, whether it be plumbing, electric, glass, remodeling, you name it. So um, thank you, Mick. Thank you, Mickey. What a great dad. Explains a lot more where, where you came from. Um, we're really excited for our future episodes. We got a lot of really cool stuff coming down the pipe. So um, watch our, our channels, check bidclips.com. And uh, thank you, Bidclips, for making this all happen. Thanks, Dad, for coming on. I love you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. That's another episode of Today in Trades. Join us next week.